social media. It's everywhere, of course, from Facebook to Snapchat to Twitter to TikTok to Instagram. It's a part of our lives, increasingly our kids as well. Well, today, the U.S. Surgeon General is warning that there is not enough evidence to show that social media use is safe for children and teens and is calling on tech companies, parents and caregivers to take immediate action to protect kids now. Vivek Murthy is asking tech companies to share data and increase transparency with researchers as well and with the public. Here is U.S. Surgeon General Vivek Murthy earlier today. We see rates of depression and anxiety and suicide and loneliness going up among young people. And I'm concerned that social media is an important driver of that youth mental health crisis. Uh, This is the defining public health issue of our time, youth mental health. I appreciate that the technology companies have taken some steps uh, to try to to keep kids safe, but it hasn't been nearly enough. What's at stake here is, is our kids and their future, plain and simple defining public health issue of our time. Joining me now to talk a little bit about uh, this announcement from the U.S. Surgeon General is Jesse Miller, social media expert and founder of Mediated Reality. Jesse, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jess. What do you make uh, of, of this, of this uh, announcement from the U.S. Surgeon General? Well, this is a very good announcement in the sense that we're putting a lot more onus on the transparency that's needed from social media companies in the sense of the data that's collected, how it impacts young users. And at the end of the day, too, it also reflects that parents and guardians do play a significant role. Um, We could see government highlight things like, oh, we need more regulation. And we see that from the senators and states people all the time where they just want to regulate something. But for the Surgeon General to come out and say there are there's no there's no clear way of saying that social media is safe. It's then expanding the conversation to various points that we have to explore, whether it's from the school-based systems, whether it's from access, or most importantly, how kids use these tools in our everyday lives. Now, I was reading uh, the report, and one of the critical factors in, in some of the stories I've been reading is a child's brain development. Adults, you know, you can suffer uh, some of the harmful effects of social media as an adult, but for kids, you know, the stage of brain development uh, is different than an adult's, uh, and that which can impact their self-esteem, uh, depression, all of that. I mean, what is wrong with regulating it or at least banning it, let's say, for younger kids at 13, 14, even 15 using it? Well, in 2017, a really interesting study came out that showed that middle, middle school-age kids, let's say 11, 12, 13, mm-hmm. didn't have the emotional co- competencies to navigate 24-hour communication. So this idea of everything from their everyday school life now being available to them on a 24-hour clock. And if we think about this, though, if we look at our adult population, I think we all know one individual in our lives who really shouldn't be on social media the way they conduct themselves. So there are regulatory pieces that go into play about how we should address misinformation or how we should address uh, access. And the age plays a role, but also maturity plays a dra- dramatic role. And one of the things that the Surgeon General Report highlights here is that the majority of studies indicates that young people, we can't put them into a big blanket of negative impacts. We have to look at each individual situation. Unfortunately, we don't have the resources to sit down with each individual child and assess how their specific use of social media either impacts them negatively or positively. We have to look for the red flags. Mm -hmm. Uh, How much of an onus, I know the the Surgeon General talked about, not just tech companies, but parents, how much of an onus is this a wake-up call for parents in regards to monitoring what their kids are consuming and how they're interacting with social media. 
Yeah, I think most parents go to the boogeyman effect of the negative with the predatory behaviors. They look to protect their children online from the things that they're most scared of. But when we look at these studies that highlight things like 9 out of 10 young women highlight some form of uh, mental health uh, impacts because of social media, we forget that there's stages where these questions are now being asked more openly. So traditionally in the 1990s, 1980s, if you went to the counseling office at a high school, there was career placement. There was conversations around where you're going with your next steps. Not a lot of conversations about your brain health. And so now when we have parents asking the question of what's the communication like with your friends? What's your internet experience like? Most parents still go to that space of concern when it comes to safety as opposed to what's your experience been like. One of the things I've noticed over the last uh, couple of years is the amount of lawsuits that are being launched either by uh, schools in the U.S., uh, parents uh, as well in the U.S., and in some cases you're also seeing law firms uh, representing parents uh, in regards to uh, the impact social media is having on children. Uh, there's a law- trial lawyer named Matt Bergman. Uh, he was uh, His law firm uh, were f- known for winning hundreds of millions of dollars suing uh, the, the makers of the building material asbestos for concealing its links with uh, obviously cancer. You're seeing more and more lawyers getting involved, more class action lawsuits. I think in the case of Mr. Bergman, his firm has signed up more than 1,200 clients who wish to sue various social media companies. Um, Do you think this is going to be part of it as well, that tech companies also are going to have to be, um, you know, hesitant or at least accept the fact that they can expect more lawsuits from parents, from students, from school districts uh, in the years ahead as we move forward, as we see more and more uh, the impact of social media on their lives? I think we can. Again, remember, the United States is very good at getting these lawsuits kind of in the front and center of media. We don't see that as much from around the world. But one of the things that I want to keep in mind here is that we can't compare social media to substance use like like the tobacco industry. We know that tobacco and nicotine can affect the majority of humans equally. Right? If I smoke a pack a day and you smoke a pack a day and we keep ourselves in a very similar space, we're eventually going to have the same kind of effects. But the thing is, based on our genetics, we may be more predisposed than the other. Social media plays a very different role in the sense that I can consume social media today for two hours and I can walk away and be like, hey, I'm fine. You could spend two hours on it and then all of a sudden have emotional connections to the things that you're missing in your day. So some of these lawsuits are somewhat frivolous, in my opinion, but the reality of it is, is that when we see these companies being held to task, there's also the idea they also have their own lawyers who present the terms of service and what people agree to and the majority of users don't read those terms of service so when we hear about young people online there are literally documents and documents they agree to but really no one's ever really overseeing it so mm-hmm. where does that become an argument in the courts and the judge side uh, do you think interest in social media is waning and i don't mean just you know, the usual complaints about Twitter and Elon Musk, but the overall use of social media, you know, you can see young people, you know, have no interest in Facebook uh, and, and you know, others may not like other social media. I mean, is are we reading a, reaching a maturity age for social media where people are saying, you know what, it looked great when I first started, when I had my first Facebook account, but uh, I don't need this in my life anymore. Do you think there's a maturity there as well overall from society saying maybe this isn't the best thing for me? Not at all. And, and again, we compare it to the substance use, right? A glass of wine a day versus three or you know, a cigarette versus a pack. I think the majority of people have normalized their use of social media where it feels almost harmonized with the, all the other medias they consume, whether it be watching streaming services or listening to the radio. I think when we consider ourselves users of technology, we get to a point where we don't actually measure the amount of time, but the quantity or quality of time. 
And, I, and, and just as a note for all listeners, the, the concerns around screen time, the concerns about consumption, it isn't whether or not you spend five hours a day using these tools. It is the idea of whether you use it for purpose. And so kids who use social media for purpose, whether it be interacting with friends, whether it be absorbing content or creating content themselves, those kids right there are really kind of aware of how they use this tool. And so what we do have to look for are the red flags of consumption in a negative space. Jesse, thanks for your time today. Thanks, Jess.